It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On MLB Fantasy Minute is presented by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the most fun I've had playing daily fantasy baseball and winning up to 25 times my money. Download the app today and use the code Locked On MLB for a first deposit match up to $100. Exploring my skills on Prize Picks this season adds an extra layer of excitement to daily fantasy sports. With just a few taps, you can transform $10 into $1,000 if you've got the skills. Prize Picks is incredibly user friendly. I can make my selections and submit my entry in less than 60 seconds. As the host of Locked On Fantasy Baseball, here are some rock solid picks. Opt for Shoei Otani to have less than 38.5 home runs this season. Opt for Bobby Miller to have higher than 150.5 strikeouts this season. And for Bryce Harper to have higher than 97.5 ribbies this season. Download the app today and use the code LOCKEDONMLB for first deposit match up to $100. Again, download the app today. Use the code LOCKEDONMLB for first deposit match up to $100. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. David Bell deserves to be considered for manager of the year. I'll tell you why, and we'll look at the Reds season by the numbers on today's Locked On Reds. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds with myself, Jeff Carr. I am a lifelong Cincinnati Reds fan that has turned an addiction into information for you. Locked On Reds is part of the Locked On Podcast Network. We are your team every single day. And I want to thank you for taking time out of your day to listen to me talk some Reds with you. I encourage you, if you're watching here on YouTube, thank you so much. Drop down into our comments section. Give us a thought. I, I, I'd love to know your thoughts because I think that David Bell is a very polarizing figure on this team. Not that he tries to be, but I, I'm going to get to that in a little bit. I, th- I think it's something that we as baseball fans have just been taught to believe uh, as far as managers as a whole. But also, I want to look at this season by the numbers. We are going to look at how the Reds scored runs and how they fared and how they prevented runs and how they fared in that. Well, let's be honest. They weren't that great at it. So uh, that's all coming up on today's Lockdown Reds podcast that's brought to you by Sleeper. Swing for the fences on Sleeper Picks, and you could win up to a 100 times payout on your money. Download the Sleeper app and use promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit as well. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Currently operational in over 30 states. Check out Sleeper today. And Steve Offenbaker's not with me here today. He will be back next week, actually. He's traveling currently, but we'll have him back on the pod uh, coming up next week. So just you and me for the next couple of days. And today I wanted to first look at David Bell in the season that he had. Personally, a very good season for him as he got another contract extension. Uh, signed it, I believe it was back in June. Um or July, signed it, and he is now the Reds manager through the 2026 season. And I believe it was well-deserved. We talked about it at the time. I think it was a well-deserved contract extension because he has done such a great job this season. In fact, he deserves manager of the year consideration. The only thing is I think he'll probably not get it simply because the team didn't make the playoffs. I think had the team made the playoffs, even as a wild card, 
then David Bell would have been manager of the year. Think about what he's accomplished. The Reds won 20 more games this season than they did a season ago. And you're saying, Jeff, well, they got so much more talent. Yes, it is a it is a player-driven league, but it wasn't as if the Reds went out and signed a bunch of all-star studs that David Bell really just had to throw out on the field and then, all right, you guys go do your thing and go win. These were young guys. The rookies drove the success of this team. You had to have somebody bring them all together. That was David Bell. Think of a time that David Bell made a move that didn't work out. Maybe a move that made you mad. Maybe a move that we talked about as a big thing that was stuck in my curl or something one day. You can remember a lot of them. I can think of like two or three right now. All right, now, now, think of a time that he made a move that uh, that did work. Probably a little bit harder, right? I think next year I'm going to try and write down some different things. Like if I'm, you know, I, I notice a move that he makes, I'm just like, you know what? That worked out. Need to write those things down because we as baseball fans, I'm talking about myself as well, are like indoctrinated to hate baseball managers. I, I think it is just something about us. If you love your team, you don't love its manager. I get it. You're going to say, well, Sparky, people were mad at Sparky when he made decisions. Well, uh, uh, Lou Pinella, come on. In the moment, we always remember managers, you know, after the fact, long after they're managed our team, we're like, ah, you know what? He was pretty good. In, in some cases, there are some managers that you're just like, eh, I don't think so. Wasn't ever going to work out, and we're glad we moved on from him, <clears throat> Brian Price. But when you look at guys that do a good job, you're almost conditioned to find the flaw in that manager. And I think that there's two reasons why that's a mistake. Number one, sometimes they're good. And number two, it's about the players on the field. David Bell has been praised throughout his tenure here in Cincinnati, not because of the lineups he makes, not because of the bullpen management that he, that he shows on the field. Has nothing to do with the, you know, fights he gets in with the umpires. He has been praised by basically every player who has ever talked to a reporter about the way he handles the locker room, about the way he handles the team, the roster. A manager does so much more behind the scenes than we as fans will ever know. Because think of the egos he has to deal with. I don't care if you're talking about TJ Friedel. I don't care if you're talking about Will Benson, Joey Votto, Tyler Stevenson, Jonathan India. They all got to this level because of talent and confidence. And that confidence doesn't come without an ego. And egos don't tend to work well. That's why managers get paid the money they get paid. Number one, because it's professional sports and professional sports operate on an entirely different economical system than any of us will ever understand. And number two, because he's got to meld all those eagles. He's got to bring them together. This team was a team. It wasn't a group of individuals. It was 
a team. They, they picked each other up whenever one would fail or one would falter, and they celebrated every success. Do you really believe that that just came naturally to a bunch of kids who had never been in the major leagues, that the moment they come up to the big leagues, they know they got to prove themselves? I got to believe that most rookies, when they come up, I mean, I mean, yeah, they're excited to be part of a team and stuff, but they could watch the other guy up there getting a hit and be like, why that needs to be my hit it needs to be my RBI. So the manager's got to kind of navigate all that stuff. I mean, these guys get here because their egos are a little bit bigger than most of us can comprehend because they have so much confidence in themselves. I feel like I'm a pretty confident person in my own, you know, self, my own abilities and things like that. I love to, you know, I love to mess around too, but the Lord knows I have nowhere near the self-confidence that most professional athletes have. Most baseball players have in, in particular, and a manager has to deal with all of that. And he has to still put a winner on the field. And I think that when you look at his tenure as a whole, and the roller coaster that David Bell has had to deal with. Think about it. He was hired in 2019. The Reds were kind of on the come up. They weren't quite a playoff team yet. And then 2020 was supposed to be the year. Everything went to pot. Still made the playoffs in a COVID-shortened season. And then 2021, it was kind of like they still tried to do it with the remnants of the 2020 team, but they weren't all there. And then 2022, they completely tore it down. Wasn't like they went out and they rebuilt it in a day. This was just all with the rookies. I, I really think that we underrate what David Bell does because we're indoctrinated to hate baseball managers. But I firmly believe that the job that David Bell did this year merits consideration for manager of the year. I just think he might fall a little bit short simply because the team didn't make the playoffs, but he did a fantastic job. It wasn't perfect. I'm not saying he's perfect. I know that there's mistakes that he made, but I think overall the job that he did was a very good one. You know, the job that he did, uh, players on the field, they all produced. He wasn't the one that was hitting. He wasn't the one that was pitching. He called on them to come out and do a job, to come out and score a run or stop a run or what have you. And numbers tell a story about a season. And the one about the Reds' run-scoring approach is fun to imagine for the future. I'll tell you why, coming up next. Before we get to that, though, I want to tell you about one of today's sponsors, and that is Sleeper. You can swing for the fences with Sleeper picks now and win up to 100 times your money on up to eight pick contests. They've got a great and fun way to enjoy the baseball playoffs that are going on right now. Crazy wild card series seeing every single series get swept. Brewers get swept out of the playoffs. Remember that whenever we were worried about the Reds and what would happen if the Reds face the Brewers in the playoffs? I watched that whole series thinking that I uh, the Reds could have easily done what the Diamondbacks did, but that's just me. Anyway, if you want to continue enjoying the fan or the baseball uh, playoffs even more, check out Sleeper Picks because their fantasy baseball picks gives you a great chance to win big. You can pick your favorite players and pick your favorite stats like homers and strikeouts, 
hits and runs and all that great stuff and just pick more or less. And, and it's a very easy thing. You can literally do this in like 30 seconds or less. Just pick your favorite players that are going on in the series. Lots of great fun. It's not going to be coming up till Saturday, but uh, looking forward to some great playoff action. And you can pick uh, Ronald Acuna. You think he's going to steal a bunch of bases? He probably will. You know, hit him up on sleeper picks. Uh, the 100 times payout for you know multiple pick contest also includes the ability to get 100 up to $100 match on your first deposit by typing in the promo code locked on. So you could win up to 100 times your money on sleeper picks and you can get up to a $100 match on your first deposit by using the promo code locked on terms and conditions apply. See sleepers terms of use for details currently operational in over 30 States. Check out sleeper today. And if you'd like to support the show, you can join me on subtext by texting go reds to five, one, three, five, nine, seven, zero, nine, four, four. And you will get texts from me. You uh, can also text me your thoughts and your questions and things like that. We're going to have some Aloha Fridays, not tomorrow because Steve won't be with me, but starting next Friday, Aloha Fridays are back. And if you're on the subtext group, get first dibs. Check it out today. Text Go Reds to 513-597-0944 and get a free 14-day trial for subtext. And thanks as always for making Lockdown Reds your first listen every day. Every day is coming up on the next Lockdown Reds podcast. Do we trust Nick Crawl to get it done this offseason? I think that question uh, entails more than uh, you think. We'll, We'll talk about that tomorrow on the podcast. But let's look at the Reds by the numbers. Let's look at uh, the run scoring ability because the Reds' success this year, what they had was built on getting on base and moving through the bases. For the most part, and this is even going back before, you know, we always talk about before McLean and Ellie. You need to come up with like, like a BCAD thing with that, but um, – uh, you know, bef- even before Matt McLean was called up on May 15th, the, this Reds team was still pretty good at getting on base and still pretty good with the base running uh, as a whole, not necessarily near as good as they became. But for the entire year, looking at this from a National League perspective, the Reds were fifth in the National League in on base percentage, getting on base, just short of 33% of the time. They were first in steals by a wide margin. They had 190 steals on the season. I mean, let that sink in for a minute. This is a team that was stationed to station just two years ago. 2021, all we could talk about was, when are they going to be aggressive on the base paths? And now 2023, they're leading the league in steals by a wide margin. That was fun. That was fun to see. And think about this too. And you know, talking about the steals thing, Ellie De La Cruz had 35 steals to lead the team. Will Benson had 19 steals. Matt McLean had 14 steals. The reason I'm singling these guys out is because all of those came. All of those came after May 14th. There were 40 games that had already been played in the season. 40 games. Ellie could steal like 80 bags next year if he gets consistent at getting on base and stuff like that. Oh my. 
Will Benson, he could he could be an easy 2020 guy. Matt McClain could be an easy 2020 guy. Th- this is probably going to be in a whole nother podcast at some point where we just talk about how many 2020 players could the Reds have next year. Could be a lot. But think about how many bases they could steal next year. Probably even more. And then uh, a statistic that I talked about last week, but it was something that StatCast over, you know, Baseball Savant, they have called runner runs, which kind of composites like, you know, the ability to advance first to third, second to home, things like that. Taking the extra base has nothing to do with steals. The Reds were first in the National League in this. First in the National League in advancing and taking that extra base and what it meant for their game as a whole. Very, very important there. And then if you look at this, too, this this was kind of fun. And, again, we talk about this. So after Matt McClain was called up, not even Ellie, but after Matt McClain was called up, the power really took off. They were fourth in the National League in isolated power, which is simply just you take a team's slugging percentage and you subtract its batting average. It's an attempt to weed out any singles. This just basically says – what is the team's ability at, at, at hitting extra base hits? The Reds were fourth in the National League. Their ISO power was 183. They were fourth in total slugging percentage of 434. And they were fifth in homers, 166, 166 homers since May 14th by the Reds. Power and speed. It, it's going to be the Reds' mantra. It's going to be their... Their MO when it comes to scoring runs for the foreseeable future with, with, with the players that they have on this ball club. You know, you think about Ellie and, and Noel V. Marte didn't even necessarily have the speed as he was, you know, coming up through the minors, but hey, Marte's got the speed. Um, Jake Fraley had 21 steals. I'm sure he would have had more had he not had the, the fractured toe. You talk about TJ Friedel almost being a 2020 guy. Like power and speed is going to be the way this team. It, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch this team for a couple of for years to come. As long as they can keep this team together and keep the keep the talent churning through, it's very evident that this is the talent that Nick Kroll was going for with his trades and things like that in, in different draft strategies. But it's power and speed. And the Reds have it in droves. They were two home runs and 10 steals this year away from being a 200-200 ball club. Yeah. This team could score some runs. And in a very, very fun way. I, I can't think of too many instances where I was bored at the ballpark this year. And any time that I was, it was all just because the other opposing pitcher decided to pitch well and shut down the Reds. But for the most part, that didn't happen a ton. This team was very good at scoring runs throughout the season. I believe they were fifth in the National League in runs scored as well. But I mean, it's going to be power and speed with these young guys anchoring this ball club for years to come. But you know the numbers surrounding run prevention, well, they they must get better next season. They must. I'll explain why coming up next. Before I do, I want to tell you about another one of today's sponsors. 
and that is Bunches. Okay, Lockdown Reds fans, I have to tell you about a new app. It's called Bunches. Bunches is a new app built just for sports fans where you can chat about sports in real time. Go to the Apple Store now, the Apple App Store, and download Bunches. I don't think it's available on Android, but I know it's available on the Apple App Store. I'm telling you, you're going to love the conversations with other Locked On Reds fans on the Bunches app. Bunches is the place to go, and, and, and literally, it's just about sports. We're talking about MLB playoffs, talking about Thursday night football, all the great stuff. There's there's nothing else going on. You know, We're not talking about anything that's going to make somebody mad, unless you're just mad that your team's losing or you don't like the team that's being talked about. But it's all sports-centric. Plus, the Locked On MLB group chat is featured on Bunches. Go there now and connect with other baseball fans, chat about your favorite team, and keep up with the latest MLB news. And just like we do every day, you can chat about your team all day long. Uh, Check them out today. Again, that's uh, in the Apple App Store. Download Bunches. And when you do, our friends at Bunches have featured the Locked On MLB Bunch in the Discover tab. You can also click the link in the description today and join the Locked On MLB Bunch community. Again, that's Bunches in the Apple App Store. You can follow the podcast on all your favorite platforms, including right here on YouTube. Thank you so much if this is your first time uh, watching Locked On Reds. Make sure you subscribe and click that bell to get notified. We will be with you all throughout the offseason, whether it be... uh, As rumors come out, we're going to continue reviewing the season, looking ahead to next season so much. This offseason is going to be a lot of fun, and we're going to be with you every step of the way. But looking back at last season and kind of looking at the numbers, Reds' run prevention prevented them from making the postseason. You don't have to really look that hard to know. We talked about it all season long about how bad the starting pitching was and how very inconsistent that made everything. The bullpen tried its best to hold it together. And I'll look at a couple of stats that just continue that point. But for the most part, the entire pitching staff was brought down by the constant churn of guys that had to fill in for injured pitchers or, you know, just underperforming guys that, you know, for the most part, you had some rookies in there. You had some second-year guys that were, like, still trying to figure this major league thing out. It's a game of adjustments. How do you adjust to the adjustments? And as young pitch- pitchers go through their career, they get a little bit of adjustment, period. Well, the entire Reds pitching staff hit an adjustment period this year. They were 13th. Again, we're looking at the National League rankings here. They were 13th in the National League in ERA, 4.8. They were last, dead last, in walks, 613 walks this year. That has has got to come down next year. They were 13th in the National League in homers allowed at 222. I don't even know that this is much of an ask, but maybe next year they could just hit more homers than they allow. I think that's a pretty good start. They were also, and, and speaking specifically of starting pitching, they were second to last in quality start percentage. We always talk about that. Quality start is six innings, three runs, or less. Really, if you pitch six innings and you give up three runs, that means your ERA is four and a half. 
still would lower the Reds team ERA, but it's not to say that a quality start is the end-all, be-all, amazing thing that everybody's looking for, but it's a good start. Reds weren't even good at that. 27% of the time, they had a quality start. Only the Rockies were worse than them at that. And then um, they were dead last in the National League. This is a this is a stat that I think you just need to look at different types of pitchers and things like this as far as in the bullpen because the bullpen was very bad at this. But the Reds were very bad at keeping the ball on the ground whenever they allowed contact only 38% ground ball rate. That's dead last in the National League, and only the Oakland A's were were the only other team in Major League Baseball below 40% with the Reds. And the Reds play in one of the easiest parks to hit a home run in in all of Major League Baseball. And they're flirting with disaster quite a bit by allowing, you know, at least... 61% of the balls to be hit in the air, whether they be line drives or fly balls or what have you need to need to get some ground ball pitchers in there. And it's, and it's worth noting because talked about this a lot. The bullpen was the only reason that this team was anywhere near the playoffs. No other team. Think about this. No other team in major league baseball, no other team's bullpen faced more inherited runners. Talk about that whenever the, whenever the starting pitcher leaves the game and there's runners on base and the, the relief pitcher coming in has to worry about these guys that are already on base. No other team allowed more inherited runners than the Reds did. The Reds allowed 327 inherited runners this year. And no other, because of this mostly, no other team's bullpen entered into more high leverage situations, according to baseball reference, than the Reds. And they called upon the bullpen so much. So not only are you using the bullpen a lot, you're using them in high leverage situations. No wonder they got burnt out toward the end of the year. You just can't keep that kind of performance up all season long yet the bullpen still finished fifth in major league baseball in wins above replacement fifth best in the entire game when it comes to the bullpen and war is an all-encompassing stat you can break it down you can look at this and that and era and which we always talk about relief pitcher era Mm-mm, not not really that interested in it. You can look at walk rate. You can look at all this other stuff. But when you compile it all together into war, the Reds are fifth best in the league. They're bullpen. No slouch there. But I think that all boils down to this because we talked about how bad the starting rotation was and all this other stuff. I don't think they have to get astronomically better for this team to be a playoff team. This team is built about scoring runs. And you think about the guys that are coming back from injury and and what this pitching staff could look like if it's fully healthy. And maybe if you get a couple of bullpen arms and maybe if you get a veteran starter for the fifth spot in the rotation, this, this pitching staff just needs to be average next year. And they'll make the playoffs 1,000%. Just average. Because this team was just so far below average 
at preventing runs. Another thing to note as well, adding in on the pitching conversation, I was looking at this, the fielding side of things. While there's not a ton of great stats, there's defensive run saves and things like that, but like outs above average is one that I like to use. Excuse me. And according to StatCast, the Reds were 12th in the National League, but that equated to being the 27th worst team, right? Yeah, 27th worst team. In all of Major League Baseball, and now it's above average. Minus 12. Well below average as a team defensively. I think that will improve because a lot of what they, a lot of their problems can be explained by, well, it's a rookie. And those guys will improve with reps. It's just, it's a proven fact. You you get better with reps when it comes to fielding. But, the Reds certainly need to get better in that. Again, any form of run prevention, the Reds weren't necessarily that good at this season. That's why the Reds didn't make the playoffs. But the future is bright because it's power, speed, pitching's getting healthy, fielders are getting more experience. This team's going to be so much fun to watch next year. The team's going to be so much fun to watch all throughout the offseason as we've got a ton of things going on. Which reminds me, tomorrow, do we trust Nick Crawl to get it all done? Every day is a no. And you'll find out tomorrow as well because we'll be talking about it on the next Lockdown Reds podcast. But that'll wrap up this edition of the Lockdown Reds podcast. Thank you for joining me here today. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching if you're here on YouTube. Thanks for commenting. Thanks for hitting that like button. Love it when people hit the like button. That helps out the algorithm. And, uh, you know, thanks for telling your friends about us too because we'll be Lockdown Reds all throughout the offseason every single day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.